0: Hello and welcome back to another episode of Opinionated Lushes Books and Booze, where we bring on an indie author, let them read a little bit, talk about their books, um, and get to know about writing in general. So I'm going to pass it off to Dawn so that she can introduce this week's author.
2: Hi, everyone. And I want to welcome Stephanie Allen to our show today. Hi, Stephanie. How are you?
1: I'm good. Hello, everybody. Hi. So,
2: tell me a little bit about yourself. Um, Where did you grow up? Uh, How many cats do you have? If you have cats or dogs or chickens, we have a a member that has chickens normally on our show. Um, Just anything you want to tell us about yourself?
1: Yeah. So when I'm not writing, I'm a teacher of junior high kids. Um, God help me. And um, I have been an indie author for... Since 2016, so I don't math, so I don't know. <laughs> seven <laughs> but, years, um, seven years. Yep, because um, there you go. 16 so to 20 I would self- be four, I and mean, then yeah, <laughs> yeah there, you go. there you go. Um, so I self-published my first book in 2016, and then um, I self-published three more books in that series. That's a YA fantasy, um. And then I got published with a small publishing company. I am working on a fantasy trilogy. And then I am self-publishing a my first adult fantasy series. So Ooh, that's, that's, that's interesting. awesome. Interesting.
3: Um,
1: oh, where I grew up. I grew up in California, Southern Cali. Um, I have a dog and a cat. Hopefully they don't start creating ruckus while we're doing the podcast but you know it is it it happens oh my god it happens a lot on right here so
2: (laughs) (laughs) you're gonna hear my dog my bunny it's just it's
0: gonna be a fun time over here (laughs) great awesome I Um, do want to say that like when you started talking you sounded like a teacher (laughs) like in like a positive way like I was like oh my goodness like I feel like I'm like my younger self
1: I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, but okay. Yeah, I just,
0: when you said teacher, it was like, that makes sense. That makes sense. So that's awesome. That's awesome.
1: Do you want to tell us a little bit about the book you're going to be reading for us today? Yeah. So um, it is the first book in the Assassins of Quadrania series. Um, The second book is due out next month. Hopefully. Um, And um, this book is a kind of an enemies to lovers Romanticy, um definitely assassin stuff, which is a little out of my comfort zone, but it's been really fun to step out of my comfort zone. Um, and it's really short. It's a really short read. And I just, I'm having a lot of fun writing the series so far. So I'm really excited for that. That's
0: that awesome. I'm excited to listen to it. Yeah. It already, like, just the fact that you've written so many, like, different genres, I'm really... Excited to like hear this. So I am going to read out what the drink words are. Um, they are spice, fay, and dagger. Ooh, okay. I'm gonna mute my mic so you don't hear my (laughs) slurping and start whenever you're ready.
1: Okay, so heiress of sun and blood. I'm just gonna read the first chapter. Like I said, um, these are. this is a short read. It's a pretty quick pace read. So the first chapter is fairly short, and we'll just get into it. So chapter one, the shadows had disappeared, the heat of midday stifling to the point of suffocation, which meant the time was drawing closer. Melia Ette ignored the drop of sweat sliding down her brow into her left eye, refused to acknowledge the slight twitch in her thigh muscle, as she crouched, her toes perfectly balanced on the narrow tree branch. The tree offered little shade despite its lush foliage swooping down around her. She'd managed to find the one spot where the sun lingered. Penetrating rays of heat plastered Melia's hair to her neck beneath her hooded tunic. Her skin sweltered beneath the full-faced mask of red and black, but none of that mattered. Not today. She waited Poised, her fingers resting lightly on the dagger strapped to her belt. There would be no second chances with this particular target. She would have to strike with lightning accuracy before disappearing back into the tree. A lethal shadow heard and seen by no one. Melia did not allow past inaccuracies to filter into her mind. She could not afford to linger on mistakes that meant nothing. This target would not allow for error. This target would fight back. "'was trained by one of the greatest swordsmen in the kingdom. "'No, it would not do to think of childish mishaps "'during her own training. "'They would only cause distraction. "'She closed her eyes, inhaling the stale air "'that filtered through her mask. "'Her thigh twitched once more, almost as if... "'Melia cocked her head as the caw of a crow "'reverberated through her hood. "'Her muscles tensed as the jingling of a bit "'and the clapping of hooves on stone "'sounded from the northeast. "'Her gloved hand gripped the hilt of her dagger tightly.' carefully inching it from its protective sheath. You don't realize how much you put a word in the book until you have to drink to it. She was careful to angle it away from the sunlight, keeping it pressed against her tunic. The hooves clip-clopped, clip-clopped closer. A cheery, whistling tune sounded over the rhythmic drumming. The target must have been confident in his ability to defend himself if he gave zero cares about stealth or refused to believe in the necessity of bodyguards. Of course, he was a threat in and of himself. Melia ignored the faint twist of her lowest gut as she rested the fingertips of her right hand against the branch, her left shifting the dagger away from her body, a curled viper on the verge of striking. She could see the target now, a broad-shouldered man sitting atop an onyx horse. Beautiful creature. Perhaps she would claim the animal for herself when the deed was done. No, that was foolish thinking. Leave no trace. That was their first rule. Leave no trace. Melia gritted her teeth as the target seemed to move at the pace of a desert slug. She watched the horse's ears flicker in different directions, its senses picking up the rustling of a squirrel in a neighboring tree, a twig snapping somewhere to the east, another caw of a very impatient crow. She swallowed the growl that rose to her throat. Inconsiderate prick. She'd chew his ass out later. Her blood tingled as the target trotted closer and closer, inching along the paved path at a leisurely pace. Soon. Soon. Leave no trace. Melia kept her eyes open, focused, as she sucked in a slow, cleansing breath. She released the tension in her chest, her stomach, her mind, as she gauged the distance. And then she leapt. Her speed rivaled that of the great sand cats that prowled in the darkness. Her dagger slashed through the air once, twice, three times, as she landed in a crouch beside the now panicked horse. A deep cry erupted from the man atop the mount, followed by a gurgle and a wheeze. She smirked behind the mask as the heavy body toppled from the saddle, landing with a wet thud against the paved path. The horse squealed and bolted, its hooves a distant thunder. Melia shoved down the remorse and let the animal run. It would either find its way home or find a new owner. It made no difference to her. With practiced fluidity, she approached the man that lay upon the stones, blood flowing from between his fingers as he pushed against his throat. His blue eyes widened as he took in her masked figure, recognition flaring in his pupils his mouth open and closed as his pale skin whitened to the color of wax. Another bubbled gurgle rasped from his savage windpipe. He didn't seem to notice he was bleeding from his chest and his arm. Colin Alexander, Melia's voice was low and gravelly, subdued by the mask she wore with pride. You are hereby executed for your crimes. May your death be swift. She grinned as she crouched next to his head, though he could not see any facial expression. And may the king of the inferno welcome you into his kingdom. His mouth open and closed in a soundless plea as she went for the final blow, a clean jab right through his crystal blue eye, her signature ending strike. Yanking her blade free, she ignored the spurt of blood that showered her clothes, her mask. The body's convulses as it released its dark soul. Remembering the path she'd taken up the tree earlier, she nimbly leapt up into the branches, once again allowing the foliage to shield her from sight. And then she waited. That is chapter one.
0: Woo! we love a strong female character. Hell yeah, we do. <laughs> <laughs> I think you have to be the
2: first author who's actually drank in the middle of their reading as you were going. They normally read to laughter, but I was so impressed with that. I was like, fuck yeah. Yeah,
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I figured I might as well do it.
0: <laughs> no, it's <laughs> might good. <as> well. <laughs> we're, join us one yes. of, us. One <laughs> of <laughs> us so you mentioned like you were a teacher and you first uh self-published in 2016 um like what got you into writing like have were you always a writer and you finally took the leap or like what led to that finally being self-published
1: yeah so i have always been a writer um even in high school i had teachers tell me that They knew I was going to be a writer one day. Um, My papers were never just boring papers. I was just one of those people. Um, And I had ideas in my head for a really long time that I would sort of start to write and then not. Um, And then when I moved to Kentucky in 2014, um, that was when I kind of got my creative flow going. Basically, I lived in an area where there was this really cool pirate's cave and I visited there one time because I was curious about it because everyone talked about it and I got the idea for the portal fantasy that was my first self-published novel and I did try to have it traditionally published, but as we know, that's a really difficult (laughs) thing to do and back then, self-publishing wasn't as big as it is now. It was kind of thought of as like lesser but I was like, you know what? I don't care. I'm going to self-publish anyway. And so I did. And it was it wasn't until the last year or so that I really started promoting my books and trying to get them more out there. But just to go back to the original question. Yeah, I've always been a writer. I was always writing things, even as a small kid. So, yeah.
2: Nice. Yeah. Um- What made you choose fantasy? Like, was there a certain story that triggered you to want to
1: um, write fantasy too? Or were you just, it was always just something? That's a really good question. I think that's just always been my genre. Even story-wise, I really loved Chronicles of Narnia as a kid, which kind of brought me into the portal fantasy idea. Um, And it was kind of just always what I leaned toward, even with movies. I was a huge Lord of the Rings fan, still am. Um, you know, I love Harry Potter. It's just kind of where I gravitate toward. And so writing fantasy just felt natural to me. I did try writing um, just regular fiction, and it <laughs> I just couldn't do it. I had to bring in a dragon or I had to bring in something. In fact, my YA novel, It actually kind of did start out as a regular book without fantasy elements. And then I was like, no, I can't do this. And so it became a fantasy novel. So it's just kind of always been like what I lean toward, I guess. Nice.
0: All right. Well, you've also, so you've written for like various age groups and, you know, slightly different like genres. Is there a genre you eventually want to explore and try writing?
1: You know, that's another good question. I have thought about Doing straight up romance. Um, I just don't know if I could, I kind of (laughs) am now leaning away toward why or away from YA. I, I feel like because I read so many just adult fantasy and adult romance, I, I don't know if I could write YA again. Um, I will probably just go into more sub genres of fantasy and I will probably move toward darker fantasy as well. Um, This book series that I'm currently writing is fairly dark, but I wouldn't say it would fall into the dark fantasy category, but I might explore that a little bit more. I've toyed with doing monster romance, but that terrifies me on a level, so I don't know if that will happen.
2: (laughs) God love a good monster romance, though. Those are... Those are something else. They're um, fun to read for sure. Great to read. I love reading them. Like just like um, in between my darks, I read a lot of dark romance, like mafia romances, um, you know, extreme bullying um, in between though, for that cleanse, I throw in a monster romance, you know, some fey porn, whatever. <laughs> um, <laughs> how long does it usually take you to write a novel?
1: It's like, Oh, I'm that's, so- <laughs> that's, hmm. It depends on the book. So when I was writing my YA fantasy series, um, the first book took about a year. The second book took about a year. The third book took three months, and it's the longest book in the series. So go figure. <laughs> um, I don't know. It kind of just depends on if I can get in a flow. This book right here took me three months, four months maybe to write. Um and then I've had one book that's finally published that took me 10 years. So I'm very it's gonna be my first novel.
0: <laughs> yeah, Don, did you write today, Don? Did, did not. Write okay. I didn't that's either. Fine. So,
1: okay. yeah,
0: here we are. We've heard that a lot though. Like there's a lot of authors. I've been like, yeah, it's like my first book or whatever book took 10 years to write. But then this other book took like a month you know it just it's I guess it's however you're flowing when you, yeah. when you're writing at that moment when your kids oh, behave sure. and like you don't have to worry
2: about outside things right like if I could have a month free of like no drama in my house nothing going on <laughs> I probably could push out a novel but there's my kids bring everything home like it's just crazy over here so I just don't ever have time
1: <laughs> um since I'm a teacher I don't have a lot of time during the school year. Um, and my next novel, like I said, it comes out next month and I'm going to have to push really hard to get it done. Um, so I, it just depends on time too. And I'm a mom. So, I mean, that has a huge factor in it too. Yeah, I was just
0: going to say, uh, since we were talking about like how long it takes you to write a novel, I'm also curious in how you write it. Are you a, what is it? A pantser or a plotter?
1: Can I be both? <laughs> <laughs> so I I would consider myself more of a pantser. Like I know my beginning. I know my end. Um, the in-between is usually really messy and I don't know how we get there. One thing I do do though is I have Spotify playlists for every single one of my books. So my playlists are kind of like my um, outline, if you will. And I... I'm constantly adding to them, changing them. I use all different types of genres. I have everything from movie soundtracks to rock bands, um, rock bands people have never heard of. That's kind of how I use that to plan. And then sometimes I just change things in the middle and I'm like, okay, well, this didn't happen the way I thought it would. But here we go. We're going to leave it. (laughs) Do you find that
0: that requires a lot of uh, editing afterwards?
1: You know, it, it, it really depends on the book. Um, with Eris, I didn't do a lot of editing um, except for the spicy scenes because <laughs> um, I'd never written them before. And so I would read them and go, oh, we're going to fix that. Um, and I'm still not extremely happy with them, but they'll do. Um, really with other books, like with my first book, Dueling Fates, that took 10 years. Um, that one was rewritten three times. So wow. I, it like I said, it really depends on the book. With this one, though, this was pretty much a, like, write it, and then I reread it, and I added a couple things, but it was pretty much done. So, yeah. What would you say is the hardest thing about being an author? Getting into a flow and making myself write. <laughs> like, <laughs> because as you can see, I've got my bookshelf behind me and this is just one of my bookshelves. I love to read and I'm teaching. So I'm reading the books that I'm teaching at school. And on top of that, like I said, I'm a mom. I have, you know, other things that I'm obligated to do. And so it's forcing myself to actually sit down and write. Um, A lot of times I have to set a timer and do writing sprints, even if it's just like 10 minutes. I'm like, okay, I need to sit down and just write for 10 minutes. I don't care how many words I get in. I just need to get it done. And then usually once I start doing that for a couple of days, I find that I get into my flow, but actually starting that is really hard when I haven't written in a while. No, that makes sense. (laughs)
0: yeah well I was gonna say like that's not the first time we've heard that either like it's like the writing that's the hardest part about being an author (laughs) the job
1: well yeah because it's all up here Mm -hmm. but getting it onto the computer is a totally different thing and it's like I wish I could just take it and just and it's there and done um because I literally when I am writing I see it play out in my head like a movie but actually sitting down and getting it out is like such effort sometimes I'm just like it's not worth it today it's just <laughs> really weird have you ever like who is your favorite author oh I knew you were gonna ask me that question <laughs> um okay so it depends on what age Stephanie you're asking because when I was in college it was Stephanie Meyer
0: yes um, yes it was like, She forever uh- when you mentioned soundtrack for your, uh, for your books, that was the first person that popped in my head. I was like, ah, Stephanie Myers. <laughs> she does that. <laughs> she does that.
1: Right now. I would say it's between Sarah J Moss. And cause I, I love me some recent, no one can tell me otherwise. If he appeared today, I would go with him. Um, <laughs> And I really like an indie author called Rebecca F. Kenny. Um, <laughs> I have I, one I, of her books. <laughs> yes, I absolutely adore her. Um, I The first book I read by her was A Court of Sugar and Spice, which came That's out. That's the book I, I have. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I was done. I was like, I, I love this woman. I need everything that she wrote right now. Um, I also really like Colleen Hoover. If I'm in the mood for, like, tear my heart out and throw it across the room books. Um, I, I have so many. I love Holly Black Um, I love some YA authors. Nobody's or very few people have heard of like Cynthia Hand. Um, but if I had to pick an absolute favorite right now, I would say Rebecca F. Kenny is like my bread and butter. No, she's, she's fantastic.
2: I actually have one of her books. Um, have you read the fourth wing yet? It's going around everywhere and I I've yet to read it, but I want to just because they're doing some really good marketing with this book. Like, I'm not really into fantasy anymore. I used to. Um, but now I kind of want to get back into it just for this book.
1: I have not read that one yet. But if you saw my TBR, you'd be like, oh, my God, you're never going to finish this TBR. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Mine's pretty bad, too. I'm not going to lie. Mine's pretty bad. <laughs> yeah.
2: Yeah.
0: Do you, So you mentioned that this year 10 is, like, the first year you've really been marketing Mm -hmm. Is there like, um, favorite modes of marketing you've been doing a social media that you find the most, uh, for
1: promotion or anything like that? TikTok has been the most successful for me. Um, although I haven't posted a lot in the last few weeks, Instagram a little bit, but usually I get really nasty comments on Instagram. I don't know why, (laughs) um, so I'm, it's like literally the same video too from TikTok, but I get like nasty comments and I'm like, okay, I would say probably. <laughs> Thanks, TikTok. Meta. Yeah, Meta. exactly. Um, TikTok is probably where it's at for me. I do run Amazon ads periodically, but I haven't seen those to be super effective either. Really social media is where I've gotten most of my sales and where I've made most of my friends in the author talk world. So TikTok for sure
0: yeah that's that's what i keep hearing it's tiktok tiktok's great for small business it is
2: it is fantastic for small business you you throw out a 30 second clip of something anything with a Mm -hmm. hook and like it can get so many views especially if you know how to do it right but It's knowing how to do it. It's getting the good like cap cuts. It's getting the good sounds. What's trending? It's just
1: it's hoping your country doesn't take it away. Yeah, (laughs) that's true. Yeah. I and the algorithm changes a lot on TikTok. And when it does, I'm like, huh, now I gotta figure out something else. So that part is hard, but overall I would say it's probably the best promotion piece that I've ever had. Yeah. Cause like the
2: algorithm changes, but then it changes back eventually or something. And then like another video will catch on eventually. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, you'll have a couple of videos. that only got like 60 views, but then know, you'll have right? another video that has 7,000 three days later, like it's just it's yeah. all over the place.
1: Yeah. Right. I remember one time I made a video and it was the stupidest video. I almost deleted <laughs> it. And like the next day it had like 30,000 views. I was like, what? Like how? It was so dumb. Like, what the heck? Yeah it's crazy
2: how that, that works
0: yeah no the videos i spend the most effort on least amount of views oh, oh absolutely least amount of views. for sure <laughs> <laughs> yeah. i just take a selfie with a filter and then i'll get more views like it's it's weird how that works but no tiktok talk's been great for like we've heard that from a lot of artists that like book such a community too oh, to yeah. be able to like connect i mean that's how we connected with like more than half of the uh authors on our show so yeah yeah stick <laughs> tiktok yeah
3: millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from noom like evan who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds
2: salads generally for most people are the easy button right for me that wasn't an option i never really
1: was a salad guy that's just not who i am but noom worked for me
3: Get your personalized plan today at noom.com. Real noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary.
2: Actually, you know what I hear is Twitter's the worst, though. Twitter for books is the worst. They hate on everything. And they hate on book talk. Like, if you mention book talk on Twitter, oh, they get mad.
1: Yeah, Twitter is really toxic, I find, in the book <laughs> community, especially. Um, and I don't know if it's because there's a lot of trad publishing people on there. Not, I'm not knocking trad publishing, but no, no. Yeah. a lot of them really look down on indie self-published authors, which I think is ridiculous, mm-hmm. um, because we're legitimate authors, too. <laughs> yeah. And I don't know. I try to avoid Twitter now just because it's so toxic, and it just makes me depressed to read through tweets, so yeah that's
0: fair. Like like we I run our podcast Twitter, and the podcast community on Twitter is fairly okay. So far, yeah. like it's really supportive for at least what we've cultivated. I'm sure there is a section that's toxic, but I tend to block accounts that like just tweet something I don't like because I'm trying to make the Twitter algorithm work or whatever's left of a <laughs> Twitter algorithm. <laughs> but yeah it's so easy to get toxic on there for sure for sure yeah no
2: I noticed that I tried to bring my books like over there like to um just get traction because I'm a reader and no no it was just hate 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 like this author sucks that author sucks I was like whoa yeah. Which is well, hilarious
0: right. because our when well, we tweet out our books and booze episodes, it's actually not so bad. Like no one really says anything. They, all the podcasts tend to like retweet it. So <laughs> luckily, Book Talk I guess hasn't found us yet. Book, book, <laughs> or, or Bo- book anti Book Talk. anti Book Talk Twitter. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, I think it's called like Book Tweet or something. I don't know. It's weird. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> yeah.
0: Um, do you have any like sort of rituals or you, you mentioned like setting a timer when you have to like force yourself to write. Is there anything else that you do or have to do while writing or right before writing to kind of get you in the mood?
1: Okay. This is weird, but I have to have like a diet Coke next to me. I'm not, not kidding. I can't write without one. I don't know how that started, but here we are. Um, if I'm really stuck, I have to go for a drive and listen to my playlist. And I can't just listen to it in the house, I actually have to get in my car and go for a drive. Um, Again, I don't know how that started. But here we are. So those are probably the two writer quirks that I have. Um, Oh, and I cannot listen to music while I am writing. That is also very strange, but I cannot, it totally distracts me from what I'm trying to do.
0: So. Okay, so when you make the album for your book, are you making it like
1: while you're thinking of the idea before you write? Um, sometimes I will hear a song and it will like, oh, that needs to go on my playlist. Um, and sometimes I will purposely listen to movie soundtracks or whatever to try and get ideas going. A lot of times I'll have an idea already and I'll be listening to a movie soundtrack or a random playlist and I'll be like, oh, my gosh, no, it has to be this way. It's kind of very random. Um, For this particular series, I have a lot of anime music on there because that's another thing I'm into is anime. And it was actually originally inspired by a vampire anime and V for Vendetta. Go figure. Um, (laughs) So, like, I don't know. Ever since I saw V for Vendetta, I'm like, I have to write, like, a gray character, a morally gray character that likes knives. I just, I have to. Yeah, obviously. (laughs) But, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's really, if you listen to the playlist, you're like, these do not make any sense whatsoever. But to me, they do. So... It's very random. Very, very random. I love that. Like, that sounds
0: fantastic. (laughs) I like randomness. That's just who I am, though. Well, I think it's awesome. So, like, I I do voice acting. And, like, what our uh, director does is he does, like, make soundtracks so that we have a mood in mind when we're, like, about to record. So the idea of kind of getting yourself in the mood to write like certain scenes and that kind of thing it's like yeah like ideas breed ideas I guess Mm -hmm. so it's like I I mean I'm not a writer I'm a reader but I'm not a writer so it's like really interesting to be able to talk with people that have like especially finished multiple books because like I feel like I can if I have an idea I can write it and it's like 10 pages long and I'm like okay now what (laughs) <laughs> it's, not, it's not even like I mean I bugged on a lot for being slow on her book, but I'm so proud of you. Thank you.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's um,
0: awesome.
2: What would you say is easier for you? world building or character development?
1: Oh character development hands down. <laughs> you can have the best world ever that you've created. If your characters are dull and boring, no one's gonna want to read it. Um, that is one thing where I get irritated with Sarah J. Mass. I feel like she gets lost in her world building a little bit. Um there's other authors too. I you know, George R. R. Martin, I love him to pieces, but Game of Thrones, I wanted to throw it across the room because I was like, <laughs> by book four, you're reading about characters that have nothing to do with anything, so you think. Tolkien right? was the same though. <laughs> he he was, which is why I like the movies and not the books. Like yeah. but in truth I it's characters for me, hands down. My, my books are very character driven. Um, they just always have been because to me, that's the core of the story. And I put so much of myself, except for this book, because there's some crazy shit that happens in this book, but, um, there's to me, it's just the core of everything you're doing and, if you have a great world, but no characters that are worth reading, then why would you pick up the book, in my opinion?
2: That's true. You, they need to be relatable in some sort of way. You have to like them. Because, like, if yeah, you don't read them, you're going to be like, um, no, no, this person's annoying me. I can't
1: do it. I was, th- I was just going to say, even, like, morally gray characters or characters that are evil, if they don't have a backstory, if they don't have things that in some way make them compelling... You're not going to continue the book. Yeah. That's why I don't like writing flat villains. My villains have to have a, a backstory, whether it's tragic or not. You know, to me, that's super important.
0: Yeah. I mean, that's one reason I laugh about like Twilight and stuff, because (laughs) the books are actually written via the most boring characters in this world. Like, that's the thing. If you read, if you learn the backstory of half these characters that are only in one scene, it's like so much crazier. And I'm like, I would love to read those stories. But instead, I'm stuck with Bella, the the most blandest character, so we can all just see her ourselves through her
1: like it's just like oh damn we could have so much better Stephanie (sighs) it's true and I think like she really kind of created the YA heroine you know the the high school ugly awkward (laughs) heroine um but we loved it at the time but I think authors took, you know, some of what she had done and built on it. And now we have all these dynamic, wonderful, morally gray characters in any book you pick up really that's coming out right now. I mean, we've really kind of, I think self-publishing has really changed that Mm -hmm. um, because the trad publishing companies, they're always looking for something very specific. Indie publishers don't care. They're just going to write what they want to write and publish it and yep. so i think that's really important for character building especially and building on what other people have done and creating just these this wonderful rainbow of characters that we have in so many books now yeah no well, i agree
0: well i was gonna say like you were mentioning earlier about how like you know probably one of the reasons twitter's toxic is all the you know trad authors on there kind of hating on indie authors and it kind of made me think how um that almost has happened in all art forms so there was like a period in like music where Mm -hmm. indie art music artists were like looked down upon and you know that kind of thing and now it's like oh yeah there's so many indie musicians we all listen to or go see shows or everything else so so maybe like especially now because it's starting to become more you know more and more indie publishers um so maybe that's going to start to change too and settle down hopefully i
1: think so it
2: has already it's it it, it has made a change already i think traditional published authors They're just a little upset that indie authors, and there's nothing wrong with traditional, but I think they're just upset that, you know, they're getting the recognition without having to do all the jumping through hoops that traditional publishers had to do. Because, mm-hmm. like you said, indie authors, they just put out whatever and, like, hope for the best. They don't yep. jump through hoops. They don't have to go through a certain
0: editing. Um, they're also losing money. That's the, yeah. you know, I, yeah. I mean, it's, yeah. it's music labels. Music labels are upset with indie authors. So they're buying the services, like Spotify, like labels yeah. are buying the services to distribute. Just for that fact, it's it all comes down to the money. <laughs> yeah.
1: That's exactly yeah, and I, I think, too just with, I think TikTok was a huge factor in launching indie people, music, books, art, whatever it is. I think that it's just become so much more accessible and people are realizing that they don't have to jump through the hoops, like you were saying. And again, I, I'm all about trad publishing too. I mean, I have so many traditionally published books and I know authors, I know of authors that do both, you know, um, So there's nothing wrong with it. But when you start trash talking one or the other, I think that's where I get irritated. I'm like, why can't you just let people do the way they want to do it? And if you don't want to read it, don't read it. It's kind of where I'm at. Like, (laughs) yeah, you know? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
2: I think stories on both ends, like traditional published or indie are both great. Mm -hmm. Then they have their own unique way. I I liked both. So I'm just like, holy hell,
1: you wrote a book. Look, that's pretty cool. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, indie authors work just as hard, most of them work just as hard as traditionally published authors, you know, and since I've kind of done both, even though mine is a small publishing company, I still have the experience of having someone else publish my book and do all the legwork and stuff. There was still a lot of work involved for me. It's not like I just wrote a first draft and said, here you go. And it was done. I mean, how I don't know how many rounds of edits I did. So... I really, I appreciate both so much. Um, and if you see my bookshelves, you'll see an array of everything, literally. So
0: um, so when it comes to, uh, have you done book signings or book events? We know some indie authors have, some haven't, some are seeking them, some aren't. Do you stick to strictly just marketing online or...
1: I would love to do more events. Um, Unfortunately, where I live, there's not a lot of opportunity for that. Um, And with me being a teacher, I am pretty limited with my time. So I really try to stick to social media. And then I do have an Etsy shop where I sell signed copies of my books. But in truth, what I would really love to do over the summer, especially as we're coming up to that, is try to find more opportunities to do. I know our library does book signings for indie authors. Um, And I think there's a couple other places. Barnes and Noble is really picky. I've tried. Um, And they're like, no, unless you've sold this many copies, we won't have you in our store. Okay, fine. Mm. Um, But I would really like to seek out more opportunities to do like meet and greet type things. And I know there's a lot of author cons that are going on now. And so when those pop up in my area, I definitely want to be involved in those. So, right now, a lot of social media moving toward more in person stuff, I think.
0: Nice. I actually um, do have another question. Sorry, Don. Go even. Go, go, go. Hold on one second. Just because we were talking about the teacher thing, you said you were moving into more like adult mm-hmm. fantasy <laughs> romance and then eventually mm-hmm. dark fantasy romance. And yeah. I'm assuming you use your real name. Do you mm-hmm. think eventually you might release under a pseudonym or do you think you'll just leave it as your real name? And it, do you think that's, that would have like if students or parents of students found those, do you think they that would be a f- issue? So it's already happened. Um, okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, like, well, just cause I know like the history of like judging teachers based on what they do yeah. outside their job. It's ridiculous. I think it's
1: ridiculous. I think you should be able to write whatever you want and teach your so, students separately. <laughs> But this is this is how I handle that. So, of course, students are nosy. They found my TikTok, um, And that was a fun time, by the way. Um, oh, and, you know, this is what I will tell anybody that questions me. I was an author before I was a teacher. And so for me to use a pseudonym, I did think about it. I really, truly did when I wrote this series. But at the end of the day I was like you know what I'm just going to put my name on it because I'm proud of what I'm putting out there. If and and I'm not saying anything against authors that use pseudonyms like or pseudonyms gosh I can't think it's fine. I, yeah. we'll other pseudonyms. names yeah other names. names if they use a yeah. pen name there we go. Yeah. Um authors that use pen names go for it. Like I I don't knock anybody that does that. But for me I really am going to just put myself out there as like, this is my work. And I told my mother not to read this book. I don't think she has. <laughs> um, <laughs> and I, you know, for my students, cause I teach seventh graders, I do have my YA books at school so they can read those. And they've asked me about this when I said, no, it's not coming into the school. Um, you know, what you do with your parents, with your money, that's on you. Um, But frankly, I'm really not worried about people finding out if they want to come at me for something I wrote. I'm like, okay, well, then why don't you go write a book and then you can, you know, do whatever you want to do. Like, I just feel like I'm going to own whatever I do. And that's just my personal motto. So no,
0: I love that because I I do think like teachers are unfairly judged for what they do outside of school hours, especially Mm -hmm. for like the the hard job it is like uh, you know what i'm surprised you're all not alcoholics because i would i I would (laughs) Uh, be able to be like justified justified (laughs)
1: as long as they're drinking outside school hours i don't care (laughs) you know that would yeah. yeah it it does get a little ridiculous and especially now teachers are under a lot of scrutiny especially in our state um but like i said i'm just gonna own what i do and I'm not going to get fired. Let's be real. Cause there's a teacher shortage. So <laughs> fire me and then, then rehire somebody else. Good luck with that. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, um, come at me, bro. Come at me like. pretty much. And you know, my principals are aware that I write books and they're aware of the content I write. And they said, as long as it doesn't come in the school, you're fine. So, you know, if the higher ups have a problem with that, like I said, fire me and find somebody else then like, you know, <laughs> so no, that it makes is, sense. It is a little ridiculous though how much scrutiny we come under for things we do outside of our job. Like if I were a secretary somewhere nobody would care. Um yeah. but if I'm a teacher it's like all of a sudden you're under a microscope and that is a little ridiculous but that's a conversation for another time.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I was We'd just We have thinking- to do a history lesson on the ju- like the history <laughs> of the teaching profession like they couldn't get married and stuff, you know. Like there was it's always been a thing to overjudge teachers and it's just it just especially female teachers I hate to yeah especially (laughs) um so yeah so I was just like curious to like that dynamic because
1: yeah I was a little worried about it at first and that's why I did consider a pen name but honestly at this point I'm just like no I'm I'm gonna have all of my books so that everybody can find my books that I write under my name good for you. Yeah, good for you. That's awesome.
2: The question I was going to ask is do you have arc teams for your books?
1: I don't. Um I I thought about it, but it's so hard to find people that will actually commit to it. Um I tried it with a couple of my books and I literally had nothing come of it. And so for me, I just put out put it out there. I do have beta readers um, who read it as I'm writing it and tell me, Ooh, I really like this or, Ooh, fix that. Um, (laughs) that's a little cringe fix it. Like, okay. Um, (laughs) but, uh, yeah, I, I just personally don't find that it helped me very much. So I don't
2: No, that that's everyone's provocative, right? Like, um, uh, that was my next question about beta readers. I was like, if you don't have Arc, do you have beta readers or mm-hmm.
1: some sort of team, yeah. you know? Oh, yeah, I have a core team of beta readers that I trust to be honest with me in a good way. Um and they they have been very helpful to me, especially as I've been transitioning from yA to adult. Um It's been really helpful to have them read it. And when I first started writing the book, they were like, it sounds a little YA fix it. And I'm like, okay. And so I do find that feedback to be extremely helpful. Um, but that's about the extent of, of that for me.
0: Yeah. Okay. So speaking of your transition to adult and habit, we did, you did kind of touch on like, you had trouble kind of writing your first sexy scenes you like you you had to rewrite them a couple times how was that experience like is it based on anything no you don't have to answer (laughs) but like um just like how was it transitioning into having to write
1: that sort of content um it was definitely a stretch for me personally um i felt so weird writing my first scene. I was like so embarrassed by it and I don't even know why, but I told my (laughs) beta readers, I was like, this is horrible. Just for, I'll I'll fix it. You know, like it was, it was so awkward for me. And as far as based on stuff, um, I used references that I have already. Um, another author I really like that I didn't mention is Karen Marie Moaning. Um, she wrote the Dark Fever series and she wrote the Highlander series, which, mm. um, <laughs> so I would read a lot of references and kind of skip to the sexy scenes and be like, okay, how are they saying it? You know, like, and, um, I did ask my husband, like, can you give me another word for <laughs> <laughs> So I did not use his suggestion because his suggestion was iron scepter. And I said, no. Um, that's for a future book. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like, We're not, no, we're not doing that. Um, but my best friend reads a lot more romance than I do. And she reads like romance that I wouldn't necessarily read. And so I asked her opinion for a lot of it because I want this, the books to become progressively spicier as we go. And so I was like, help me out with the first scene. Like, you know, should it be, really spicy should it be she's like no you want to build so it was kind of a learning process for me um and I think I rewrote the main sex scene in the book like probably five times before I was actually okay with it so it was a little weird and awkward at first for sure I'm always curious about that because you know I again I don't write um and and I had to be careful with my references because as much as I love Sarah J. Mass, for some reason, her her sexy scenes don't come across as like very realistic to me. And I kind of wanted this to be more realistic, if you will, if that makes sense, even though it's a fantasy, it's kind of an oxymoron, but fine. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> I kind of just looked at a bunch of different references for that and then maybe use some of my own experience, you know? <laughs>
0: Maybe. Well, Who, like, who's
1: I, just saying? Okay. <laughs> like, try to picture
2: it, right? So when you're yeah. describing something, if it if you can't picture that, like, it makes it a lot worse. Like, saying, a, like, the man's member is, like, the size of here. It's like, how does that fit?
1: Yeah, like, hello, my sense. head. <laughs> you know? There was that TikTok that came out. It was, I, I forget her name, but she was talking about that particular thing and she's like I don't think we know what we're talking about and she had a measuring tape and it was like this you know and she's like where is that going not here and it's like you (laughs) know that's really like you're on my belly now (laughs) like yeah exactly so it's like you know you kind of have to think about those things too and those are things that I never had to think about with YA fantasy because those were all fade to black scenes for me so when actually writing it I was like oh that doesn't really work maybe I should rewrite that (laughs) you know well, okay, so I read the love
2: hypothesis. Huffpossi- oh, I can't even say it. Love hypothesis. Anyway, I read that book, and so there's only one sex scene, and it's at the end. And when he's like, I put her whole boob in my mouth. I was like, looking at my own chest, and I'm like, there's no way. <laughs> I know, like, no Hello. way. Like, <laughs> like, and like he descri- like they describe her as like she's not an a cup or anything and even if so it's still
1: the whole thing in the mouth like (laughs) no that's not sexy like (laughs) no and and that's the thing for me like that's things you have to think about that sometimes you read sex scenes and you're like I can't even figure out how that would work (laughs) like (laughs) like you're figuring out the position you're like wait a minute would the leg be no that doesn't (laughs) know I know and and that's another thing I love those tiktoks where people like read sex scenes and then they try to like act it out and they're like I don't even know how to do this like how do oh, they yeah, the the like, shoes ones where they have like the the
2: five some or whatever and they're putting the girl, and they're like hey now the guy has to go here but but the other guys like underneath like how does yeah. that <laughs> yeah exactly it's great so, I love that
1: <laughs> it's fun research though let's let's be real true true <laughs> some things um Google should not be seen. <laughs> it's true. That is true. Yeah, it was really interesting researching assassin stuff because I'm like, I'm gonna get red flagged and have the FBI at my door. <laughs> you have to write in parentheses
0: every time in Google just for a book, <laughs> like yeah, so they exactly, completely. <laughs> no book research on. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right. Well, ending on sex seems about right. <laughs> 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 I'm out of questions. I don't know if you have any more questions. Oh, I'm, I'm
2: good. I, I think I asked everything. <laughs>
0: awesome um, sauce. Feel, uh, if you want to plug your book and any of your socials, we do. If you're all watching our YouTube, we have the link scrolling below, but all the links will be in the description of this episode, wherever you are listening. So feel free to plug away.
1: And thank you so much for having me on. This has been so much fun. Like, I can't even tell you how much fun this has been.
0: No problem. Uh, We were so glad to
1: have you on here. Thank you.
0: Yeah. And you said a book was coming out next month.
1: Yes. So it is going to be called King of Ice and Misery. And it will be available June 27th. And it's available for pre-order right now. So.
0: And I'm assuming the links are all on your link tree.
1: Yes, absolutely yeah perfect which is awesome scrolling below
0: but we just want yeah I, I want to make sure people know where to get all your books
1: <laughs> oh yeah yeah they're all on there so where Absolutely. to find you
2: you know like yeah. if they have questions yeah
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah thank you so much stephanie this was fun i'm glad thank you for drinking with us so you know yeah, we yeah appreciate toys, it. anytime <laughs> <laughs> and, yeah well let us know like when you're i I mean i know you're releasing the book another book next month but again in a few months if you're releasing something else feel free to hit us up and come back on and promote that that would be
1: so much fun i would love to come back on (laughs) we would love to have you back on (laughs) awesome
0: okay thank you so much everyone and we'll see you next week with a new indie author good night Bye. Bye.